Hey folks, here I am, special video for my subscribers. I hope you'll listen all the way through. I'm going to try to keep this well under 10 minutes, hopefully five to eight minutes. So if you just take a little bit of time, I'd appreciate it. I want to share some things with you. I think you're going to find important. I certainly do, and I think are going to be helpful as we look to the new year. But before I get there, two quick things. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. I want to thank uh, the sponsors of this video. Uh, Thomas Murphy and Mike Mike Mack, uh, you guys uh, recently subscribed, and I wanted to uh, say Merry Christmas to you, and thank you for being part of that. Uh, but I'm going to have some other announcements at the end, and I want to ask you to stay for that because it's ways that you can help me. One thing I do want to ask is let your friends know to subscribe to me. Uh, I'd appreciate it because I think that there's something valuable that I can provide. And I really would like to expand that here, but I, as it is right now, you guys have been great. And I'm so thankful for your, uh, faithful continued support. Uh, also, um, let's see here. What's next. Oh, I'll get to this other stuff in a minute. Okay. So let, I want to talk a little bit to you about 2024 ahead. As I say, Merry Christmas and happy new year. Well, I'm thinking through the new year. So, uh, first of all, I want to touch on this, the presidential race. What lay ahead? As it turns out right now, the polling shows Donald Trump with a somewhat commanding lead, not in the national polls. He's up like 2 or 3%, depending on the poll. His average on Real Clear Politics, I think, was just under 4% recently. There was a 10% outlier in a Rasmussen poll. And by the way, there may be some accuracy to that. But when it comes to the states that he needs to win, Donald Trump is doing very well in the polls. And he has lots of options to get to 270. He needs 270 electoral votes. I think he's on a path to do that. But I do want to provide a quick bit of caution. Uh, and if, if I pull, I'll try to put it here on the video for you to show you the real clear politics average. But that average is trending up right now. But Donald Trump was doing poorly earlier in the year. And again, all of this is the year before the election. But Iowa caucuses are coming up in three weeks. And uh, that people are starting to think a little bit about the election. Certainly Donald Trump supporters are. So they're going to respond in those polls. I think it's going to stay that way. And I think Donald Trump's going to become president. I actually believe there's an outside chance of a landslide victory. I'm not predicting it yet. I'm still watching, but I, I think that that's very much the case. But there are some potential black swans that can come into this. And for those of you who don't know, a black swan event is something you can't plan for or know about that dramatically changes the political environment. That could happen. So what are some of those things? If there are convictions in any of these lawsuits and criminal charges against Donald Trump, that could change the dynamic. Now, I don't think that would be fatal to Donald Trump, but it does change the dynamic because then people have to reassess. And then you're going to have to figure out how will Donald Trump respond to that. Now, I think he can weather that storm, but it is something we still don't know yet what the outcome is going to be. So far, and I believe this will hold, 
Donald Trump always benefits from every one of these outrageous uh, legal actions that have come his way. And I think he would do the same. But there's another one that I find really interesting. So for those of you who don't know, Peter Schweitzer, the author of Clinton Cash and Secret Empires and other books. In fact, he's got a book coming out in February that, that's going to be really important. I, uh, I, don't, I, I don't have all nor of the details, nor my, can I say anything about them, if, whatever I might know. But uh, Peter Schweitzer was talking about his belief and we did we, this happened in Indianapolis recently because I had worked out for him to come to speak in Indy with a group there called uh, First Principles. He was he mentioned uh, the possibility of Gavin Newsom coming in the last three the, 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 or during the DNC convention and getting the nomination from Joe Biden and Joe Biden making a graceful, you know. Uh, off to the side move. That may happen. That could happen. And if it does, the risk to Donald Trump is that even though we all know what Gavin Newsom's all about, we don't, there won't be enough time from the middle of August to November to fully vet Gavin Newsom. And Gavin Newsom's a slick car salesman. And again, his performance with uh, the Ron DeSantis debate showed to me that he's not going to likely be successful at even selling himself. But there is a chance, and the media is going to totally be on his side. That's another potential black swan event that I, I think is intriguing to think about. Now, I don't think that's going to happen personally. Peter posited that. He and I disagree on whether that's going to happen. But I do agree with him. It is a possibility. And it's concerning for the reasons I just shared. So keep that in mind. Um, next, let's look at Congress. Uh, February and March are major appropriations points for uh, Congress. This is another test for Mike Johnson, who frankly, in my opinion, failed with the NDAA, the uh, National Defense Authorization Act that funded the DOD and general defense things, because they extended the FISA process further, which is unconstitutional and should absolutely be rejected. It was a major, major failure on Mike Johnson's part. And we're going to see how that plays out with these next runs at appropriations. If he does not work with his conference to stand firm and against Chuck Schumer, I'm not predicting there will be a motion to vacate, but it's, I think, a possibility. I do not believe that the people on the right in that are, that that make up the House Freedom Caucus and others are going to countenance a continuation of what was happening last year. You know, I will give McCarthy, you're going to get mad at me here, but be patient. I, I give McCarthy credit for doing better than Boehner or Ryan did. I do not give him credit for doing well. And Mike Johnson hasn't yet, other than the hopefulness of it, radically transformed that. So watch for that as a possibility. Uh, next, uh, pro-Palestine riots. We were having BLM and other actors uh, getting involved in riots even through Christmas. I think it was in New York City, uh, somewhere in the East Coast, that uh, they 
vandalized a Christmas tree. Now, you, some of you may have heard about it, but it didn't make big, big news. This is a real problem because these guys are determined to make the most of the situation in Israel, not for the benefit even of Palestinians necessarily in this country, although some people would want that, but mostly to cause chaos. The chaos that has come about because of these pro-Palestine riots, uh, uh, rallies, and, and by the way, sometimes violence since October 7th in the West, and particularly in the United States, I believe are going to continue through this next year and are going to replace the George Floyd situation. Watch for that to happen. There's no doubt that Democrats felt that that was uh, successful, and there have already been reports that BLM and Antifa are helping organize these, which means there's money coming in from somewhere to coordinate it. Keep that in mind, because I think that that, and it will be a black swan in 2024. I don't know that that particularly could be, but it is going to be a problem and a challenge. Now, election concerns, and I'm going to finish with this. Um, mail ballots. There was a Rasmussen poll that Heartland Institute commissioned. I don't know if any of you saw this, and I'll uh, share the link. They did. They they surveyed uh, uh, mail people who sent out mail ballots. And let's see here. How many people were in the poll? It was a survey of, hold on, sorry, I'm getting, trying to get it to here. Oh, shoot, I can't, I can't, I, I think it was over 2,000. I'm not finding it quickly, but the margin of error was plus or minus three on this poll. Here are just a quick summary of results. 17% of male voters admitted that in 2020, they voted in a state where they are no longer a permanent resident. 21% admitted they had filled out a ballot for a friend or a family member. 21%. 17% of mail-in voters said they signed a ballot for a friend or family member with or without their permission. And 8% of likely voters say they were offered pay or a reward for voting in 2020. If that doesn't alarm you, and, and there's still so much discussion about the 2020 election. And, and I have to say, as I'm over my time here, and I appreciate your patience sticking around, I have to say, um, I'm not, I don't believe that what happened in 2020 was the machines. I don't believe things were stolen the machines. There was a machine problem in Antrim County, Michigan, and that's important, but I don't think it was a widespread problem. I'm not even necessarily convinced um, that the uh, ballot issue in Arizona, although the, there may be some validity to it, the, the printing problems of it were necessarily the biggest problem. The biggest problem was mail ballots. So what do we do about it? Well, I'm still going to encourage you to send in your mail ballot. The problem with mail ballots isn't whether they get rid of your mail ballot. They don't know it's you. Just keep in mind, it's the Democrats don't know it's you. They don't know precisely who that person is. And, and there, there may be some ways, but honestly, it's not the easiest thing to figure out. They'd have to look at everyone physically. There's just not enough time to do that. What they do do, though, is stuff like this. Through their mail, uh, through their ballot harvesting activities, including mail ballots, 
they are encouraging this behavior that the Heartland Institute poll points to. The way to counter that is not to try to do something illegal, but to make sure that early voting is undertaken strongly from a Republican perspective and to get uh, uh, other uh, mail ballot harvesting methods like I've been talking about on Twitter Spaces, Scott Pressler has been. We need that. So I encourage strongly that you push for it in whatever you're doing. So with that said, that's what I think is going to happen in 2021. I'm glad you stayed with me this far because I ended up being 12 minutes here instead of uh, eight. I didn't uh, meet my goal. But I do want to ask you this. I want to ask you to ask your friends to subscribe to me on Twitter. I also want to ask you to go to jimpath.substack.com. Subscribe there, too. If you haven't seen my content there, I'm writing articles that I think you'll find useful and helpful. I'm also, for uh, those who would like a Christian devotional, I've got a Justice and Kindness substack as well that uh, you can get a daily Bible reading, and I'm going to begin doing some daily devotional stuff there. So I want to ask you to help me get more subscribers and supporters so I can continue to do this because I think a lot of you appreciate it. That said, thank you very much for subscribing to me, for participating. I wish you a happy new year. I'm glad you had a Merry Christmas. And please do stay in touch. Let me know your feedback. You can My DMs are open. And obviously, if you subscribe to me, you're going to get a quick response DM. So glad to get your input and so forth. Thanks for joining me here on Twitter.